Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Wunsch. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up-level begins. And I'm here with Libby Robertson. I'm so excited for this conversation. Libby is a beautiful woman who I've known for many years now. She is the CEO and founder of Libby Robertson Global, owner and co-founder of the School of Spiritual Healing Arts, best-selling author, speaker, coach, and has created a life of location freedom and is currently spending her time based in New Zealand, currently manifesting a kitten. Welcome, <laughs> Libby. It is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, beautiful. So excited to be here. It has been amazing watching your journey over the number of years that I've known you. And you, I was saying this before we jumped online, like you are someone that always shows up consistently on my social media feeds. You have such a powerful energy for you guys. If you haven't checked out Libby, you gotta go and see the things that she's doing and the impact you're making in the world. You are just such a potent creator and such a potent just voice for, for women and spiritual beings in this world. And I was really excited to have this conversation with you around money specifically and creating wealth because you have a very powerful story of transformation. You know, people look at you and see the things that we see online and the the wins that you share and the success that you've had. And it wasn't always that way. And I think that's, you know, one powerful thing that we don't always see on social media. And I would love for you to kind of take us back through before you got to the place that you're at. And, you know, this is only the beginning I know for you, but what was money? What was wealth like? What was life like, you know, years ago when things didn't look like this, when you weren't running this global business, the multi six figures, all of that, what were things? Yeah. Where were you at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll share that. But first of all, I want to share just acknowledgement and recognition of you, Kristen, of your journey as well. Like just seeing you and when we connected a couple of years ago in the Millionaire Manifesting Magic Mastermind, I believe the name of it, right? What a perfect place to meet. But just seeing you just expand so beautifully and it be it you know, opening these spaces to have these conversations, especially for women when it comes to wealth is so powerful and so needed. So I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you before we jump into this conversation as well. Thank you for that. No, of course. And, and that's exactly it. Like the, the journey of transformation is I think a conversation that needs to be had because it's so easy for us to look at women who we, you know, assume or, or we put them in the box of wealth. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like if I saw me today, five, seven years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, oh my God, I would think that I was, you know, the richest woman in the world. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a baby in the world of wealth. Like I, I feel like I've not even achieved anything and I feel like I've got so far to go. And like, it's just so interesting to observe how much is, um, you know, how much is possible when we decide to become a woman of wealth. And 
So I'm going to just rewind the story about 11 years. So it's 2000, 2011, 2010, 2011. And I'm living in London and I'm partying all the time, like multiple times throughout the week. I was I, at one time, I was like, I was working a job and then I quit. I quit my job because I wasn't allowed to go to a party. I couldn't have a day off. So I quit my job so that I could go to the party that I wanted to. I ended up pretty much spending all my money on partying and having to stay with a friend on her floor. I remember sleeping every night, going to sleep, all the flatmen in this flat in London, all the flatmates would say good night, you know, good night, good night, good night. And I'll just be there on the floor. Like I felt, I felt like a dog, you know, like on the floor when everyone else has a bed around, I'm going to sleeping bag. But at that time I was just so grateful for a place to sleep. And, you know, I didn't even have money for food. I remember like going in and just borrow, I was like, I'm just borrowing some of their food. They've got a lot of food in their kitchen. I'm just going to borrow some of their food so I can eat. And it's so bizarre because I remember in that moment, knowing that I would always be okay. Like I knew that even though that's not an ideal situation to have nowhere to live and no money and you can't even afford anything to eat, I knew that everything would be okay. And when I was in that flat where I was in London with my friend's place, yoga, yoga mat, sleeping bag every night, one of the housemates was a recruitment agent. And so she ended up helping me get a job. I borrowed someone's clothes to wear to the interview, got one of the jobs that should put me forward for for an interview and started, it must have been, I think that was the job working for an insurance company on the phone. So in a call center, and it was like five pounds an hour or something that I was earning at this time. So that like going from that to someone now who brings in multiple six figures a year, has a team, like is responsible for employees, like that not only myself, employees, and you know what that's like, right? It's like a whole other ball game and literally living a life that most people I believe would, would dream of, you know, most of the world would dream of living the kind of life that I get to live. And the, yeah, 11 years, what are we now? 20, yeah. So 11 years that it's taken to go from that homeless (laughs) version of me to now has been the, the first, you know, years after that, it was just continuing to just try and survive. And then when my entire life turned upside down, which I can go more into if you want, if it's relevant in 2016, I had this moment where I was like, I'm not living the life that I signed up to live. Like I'm, I'm, I'm here for so much more. I'm so much better than this. I'm not meant to be living this life where I'm just destroying myself all the time. You know, I was drinking a lot. I was taking a lot of drugs. I was partying. I was just, it's like, I, I, it's like my human was, doing everything I could to sabotage my own, not even success, just life, like living. And so I made a commitment to myself to tidy up my life, to clean up my life and, you know, and and figure out what I was here for. And it was only when I started my business, I remember starting my business and, and I was in corporate 
when I was in corporate, I started a blog and I thought maybe I could take this blog and actually turn it into a business. And I remember thinking if I'm going to go full time in my business, I have to start earning more than I would on a cushy corporate salary. So I started my business with this mindset of, well, my desire is to help people. My desire is to do what I feel like I'm put on this planet to do. My desire is to not have to get up (laughs) at a specific time to go and work for someone else to create this kind of freedom. And I desire to have at least a six figure business, like at least. And what I know, so that was nearly five years ago, like less than five years ago. And what I noticed is as soon as I decided to go all in and creating this kind of success, it was like I was witnessing before my eyes, the universe creating miracles, you know, like clients coming out of nowhere. It's like people, you know, finding me in the most crazy, miraculous ways and asking, you know, can I work with you? Can I pay in full? Can I do that? And I was like, what is happening? This is, this is crazy. Um, And I've just applied that strategy, that same strategy. And I've kind of started to reverse engineer what I've been doing. I've put myself in environments where people are creating a lot more wealth than me, you know, and that's where we, you know, that's where we met with the same mentor, um, invested a lot in my financial education. And that's, (laughs) that's the short version. (laughs) (laughs) So incredible. And I think that what you, what you just touched on there, sounds like there was a, you know, a lot of things that you did over the years to really shift this, right? It didn't happen overnight. What created that shift for you? Like in those moments where you, you, you describe sort of this life where you were operating like very unconscious patterns, like patterns that were self-sabotaging, not serving you. And then this, I don't know if it was a single moment, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but like this shift where you were just like, no more, like I am, I've got to start running a different program. Was there something that happened or something you did to create that shift is like a pivot point that you remember? So yes, there were, there's a couple, there's two that I want to share because they both give context. So the first one was still, this was 2011, 2000, this must've been 2012. I was still in London. Maybe it was 2011. Anyway, regardless. And I was at the pub at 7 a.m. It must have been 2011 because it was the Rugby World Cup and it was 7 a.m. And a whole bunch of us Kiwis and New Zealanders went to the pub in London. And I had started a job. I had, this is the same time where I was during that homeless stage and I'd started this job by this time, but I still didn't have enough money to pay for rent. So I was still sleeping on the floor at my friend's place. And I remember being down to my last 10 quid, like 10 pounds and realizing that I could spend some on beer. I was at the pub. I could spend, you know, the rest of it on beer. And I was like, right, if I have at least five pounds, then I'm going to be able to get to work tomorrow and for the rest of the week, but with the, on the train. And then I'd had a bit to drink and I was like, oh, maybe, (laughs) maybe I just go and buy the beer. I'm just going to go and buy the beer. So I went and bought the beer, spent all my money, had no way of getting to work, no, no money left over. And this is kind of funny. So I'm again, I've healed all the shame around this. I'm just going to share it. So chose to spend the money on beer, needed to go to the bathroom. There was a massive queue on the bathroom. And instead of lining, decided to walk out the street and find an alleyway nearby and did my business in a doorway, (laughs) looked down and saw 
as I was mid-P, <laughs> saw a 20-pound note sitting on the ground, like literally within an arm's reach. So in that moment, literally like mid-P, um, what the hell is going on? This is amazing. Like the universe is literally supporting me no matter what I do, no matter what I decide, I am always supported. So I finished what I was doing, picked up the note, ran back to my friends and I was like, you guys, you'll never guess what. Like I just spent all my money on beer and I knew that I would be sweet somehow to get to work. Like I, I just, I just knew that I would be okay. And in that moment, that was like the proof that no matter what was going to happen in my life, I would always be supported. And I know it's kind of like just a funny, ridiculous, the version of me that did not care about her dignity or anything like that. Even that version of me, when she showed up with so much faith that she was always going to be supported, she was. And so that anchored this, like, I cannot tell you this unshakable faith that I have had since that moment, that no matter what happens, I'm always going to be okay. The moment that changed everything was when I was in hospital and that was 2016. And again, I'd spent the last, you know, five years by this time, five years just continuing to party my way around the world, destroy my life, take a bunch of drugs. Like it was just not in a good state. And when I found myself in hospital after I had drunkenly attempted to end my life the night before, I knew that something had to change. So I asked the universe, I just said like, universe, I will do anything if you can help me, like anything I'm pleading right now. And I call that my moment of surrender. And that's when I stopped living the life that I, I, human Libby, wanted to live. That was the partying. That was the societal, just, you know, go down the path of buy a house, get an education, get a good job, blah, blah, blah. When I made that commitment to the universe that I would do anything in order to have help and in order to be able to just survive and, and live the life that I knew deep down I'm here to live. That was almost the moment that I just stopped getting in my own way and let the universe guide me. And from that moment, any time that like my, I can hear the difference between my human and my soul. And when my soul wants to do something, it's kind of like, oh shit. All right. Well, we have to go through with this then. <laughs> like, all right. My soul wants to quit my job and start the business. Oh fuck. All right. Okay. We've got to do this. Oh, okay. Shit. We've got to have this conversation with this person that could end everything. Okay. We just got to do that. Oh my God. My soul is guiding me to launch this program that I really am nervous about launching. Oh shit. Okay. Buckle up. Let's do this. Oh God. My soul wants to hire a team member. Oh my God. My human's going, I can't afford that. Blah, 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 blah. And my soul's like, come on, buckle up. Let's do this. Same thing with investing in mentors. It's like, my soul is like, let's do this. Let's do this. My human, I can hear every single decision that I make. My human tries to talk me out of it. And my soul is like, nope, come on. Like you made that commitment to the universe. Now you gotta, you gotta follow through with that. So yes. that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like the process of up leveling for you has been, you know, a very long journey and, and marked by certain pivot points where things really shifted for you. And so, you know, the, if you think about, uh, 
where we met, where, you know, we're in this mastermind with some very, very powerful human beings going very, very deep on some, you know, different topics around business and spirituality and, and not just the human piece of building a business, but the spiritual and energetic side as well. When you think about the woman, the version of you that is willing and able to step into being able to say yes to an investment like that, committing to herself, having not just the, you know, the, the commitment, but the financial means to do that. What are maybe two or three of the the shifts that you needed to make internally to go from the Libby that, you know, found $20 or 20 pounds on the ground. And that was, you know, the highlight of her day to the woman, you know, that I met a few years ago, or even the woman that sits here now investing, you know, a very high level in herself and her business to have the impact in the world. Like what were some of the internal shifts that needed to occur for you? So I ha- it's almost like this inside out approach of mind, body, soul, and then the physical manifestations, the money is the byproduct of that. So for me, like when I look at, you know, 2017, I think it was when we bought our first house and I was like, how did I go from someone that was homeless in 2011 to buying a house in 2017? So I started to reverse engineer everything that was, that was going on and looking at it from the perspective of like self-belief, like from a mindset perspective, doing whatever, like doing literally whatever's possible to have a mindset where you're programmed to optimism, like programmed to gratitude, programmed to seeing the best in things. Like that was one of the first things that I started working on. The next was a like deep soul alignment. Who am I here to be? How do I be the best version of me? The best version of us I found is always the most, you know, that inner voice that's speaking you know words of of affirmation to us like it, it's supporting us and learning to be in alignment with that and then at a physical level as well which i think and i know for you know like so many people go on this journey and they forget about their physical body and for me that was a huge missing piece of you know i'd, I'd done the mindset work focused on become you know becoming really positive seeing the best in things having a mindset of gratitude and abundance noticing the abundance everywhere noticing that i'm always supported believing that everything's going to work out for me believing that you know i I am capable of the success like really getting clear on who i believe i am and what i believe is possible on a soul level same thing like energetically aligning to that and then on a physical level like that's where the shifts actually start to happen because that's where the manifestations take place is at a physical level. So exercising, nutrition, the right sleep, the right health, the right, like fueling our bodies in the right way. And then the specific, the specific shifts that I remember making were learning how to listen to the voice of my soul versus the voice of my human. And I have to share with you this moment, Kristen. Oh my God. So I invested in the mastermind right now. This mastermind at the time was about a, in New Zealand dollars. This is what I was working with. Oh no, no, it was must have been about 20,000 20, USD. So what, what's that about 30,000 NZD 
And so I'd made this investment, it was 30,000 NZD. And the year before I had just made my first six figures, right? It's like my first full year in business, just made my first six figures. And then I decided to invest in a high level millionaire mastermind that was 30K. I'm like, right, I can do that. When I was on the sales call, she presented me two options with the salesperson. I don't know if you had the same experience, but with the salesperson and she was like, you can either have the one-on-one experience with Regan, Regan Hilliers, that was, was my, you know, the mastermind that we both met him. You can have the one-on-one experience or you can have the group experience. And my soul, oh my God, Christopher, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. It was like, do the one-on-one, do the one-on-one, do the, like, this is what I really want. I'd love the one-on-one. And my human like could not like it was just like 10 grand like 10 grand a month payments like i i i'm only making 10 grand a month like there's no way that that would even be possible so i opted for the for the for the other option the group option the safe option and i said to the lady who i was having the sales call with i was like but i really want the one-on-one i was like check in with me again in three months so she checks in with me again in three months and she's like hey that one-on-one is still available for you if you want it now i had started to increase to about 12 13 14 15 k months by now and i had this call and i'm sitting at a cafe in bali on the phone like having a potential upgrade into the one-on-one and i'm talking about it i'm talking about with her and i'm like oh my god it feels so good and like when i was thinking about staying in the group option I could see it. I was like, I can make the payments. It's whatever it was per month, like 3000 something per month. You know, I can cover all my bills. That's legit. Like da, 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 da. I could, I could see the path with my mind. When I was speaking about the one-on-one option, I could feel like my heart expanding, my excitement through the roof, the feeling of unlimited possibility in every cell of my being this i couldn't see anything though it was like i couldn't i was like i can't even see how i'm going to make that work and i heard same thing as when i was like pleading to the universe for help and surrender when i was changing my life in the hospital in 2016 here i was in 2020 before the world went into lockdown and i'm saying on the sales call like okay fuck it I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Let's go one-on-one. Holy shit. All right. So I call my husband, I call my, like my accountant and they're both like, what are you doing? Like you're crazy. And I'm like, guys, trust me, trust me. So I went home, figured out how to create the down payment made the down payment within 24 hours, signed the contract, made the first down payment within 24 hours. And then every single month after that, I just figured out how to now bring in enough money to pay that and enough money to pay my expenses. Like that was it. So that was how we, I paid for it. And that was how I then started to be in that environment and that mindset to now it's like an, it, it's crazy when I still think back on it, that decision from a financial perspective is crazy and insane. And I would probably never recommend someone else do that, but I knew that I could handle that. And I knew that I believed in myself and I'd strengthened my mindset and my soul and my physical vessel for years prior to that, to know that I was able to handle whatever came my way and that I'd be able to figure out how to make it work. So that's, I believe the level of 
self-trust and self-belief that we literally can make anything happen and making a six-figure investment doesn't mean that you necessarily have the six figures available in fact most wealthy people you're probably the same right speak with you not like you have it sitting there you go out and create it there's always money there's always money that's able to come in always what's i'd love to hear your thoughts on that Oh my God. I love that story. It's so <clears throat> just so powerful. And yeah, I had a very similar experience. I, I think one thing I really want to touch on that you've described over everything that you've really talked about is I think a lot of people and a lot of women that I meet and, and speak to and, and clients that I'm talking with, they always want to see the how, or there are a lot of them, a lot of the time they want to see the how, and because they can't see the how, they feel like it might not be possible or they start to doubt their own ability or they start to doubt themselves and they wonder if if they can't see the how, then then is it even available for them? And I think this is such an important story to share both like your journey from you know 11 years ago and also your decision around making that investment. You, your logical mind can't see the how. And I'm like, I am so about understanding numbers and understanding, you know, logic. And I love what you've, you know, you've said there that you went back and figured out how to make the numbers work. Like, can I make the down payment work? You know, you ran the numbers and you were in your logical brain there, right? You didn't put yourself underwater. And you also showed up in a space of, I'm so committed to this. I trust myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent certain it's all going to work, but I'm committed to making it happen. Whatever, whatever that looks like, whatever it takes. And I'm all in. And it sounds like you were very much playing with an all in energy. And I think, you know, I was going to ask you the question, how do you know the difference between the human, human mind decisions and what your soul is saying? And for me, you know, correct me if, if I'm jumping the gun here, but it sounds like your soul's decisions, like your, your soul's calling and your soul's rationale comes with a feeling, comes with like the feeling of purpose. And the logical mind isn't necessarily feeling things. It's trying to work out what it can see in the, you know, in the certain field. And that excludes all the possibilities, right? It excludes the, you know, the multi-million dollar business you can create in the future, the multi-six-figure business that was coming. Like it, it only can work with what it sees available, which is everything you've created in the past. And so I think, you know, I had a very similar experience on that sales call, which is really funny. I, it didn't make rational sense when I joined. It didn't. And I had this visceral, I was, I still remember where I was. I was walking down the street in Hako on the phone with this woman who was not selling me anything. She did a really shitty job actually of, of even talking up the program. It was the, the visceral sense I had of like, this needs to be a yes. And I couldn't really explain it. And I, I, you don't, you don't necessarily know how it's all going to unfold, but when you are committed to your own upgrades, when you're committed to your own impact and you're committed to the journey, it is, yeah, really powerful. I love that you've just really shared that so openly. I, I really want to know one of the things you mentioned to me before is your, you, you know, going from this place where money was just basically non-existent. And now you really enjoy finances and accounting and spreadsheets. And that's, that can be very unusual. And I, it's absolutely something I love to create for women and it gets in my world, it gets to be fun. Like I say, money is a dance party, but what, what caused that shift for you? What allowed you to shift into a place of like, money is actually fun for me. (laughs) Well, I really love money. Now, like I, I worked, I worked on just loving money. And I think realizing that money is, you know, I was brought up, I was raised in a Christian household. I was raised with this, 
um, you know, and my parents had incredible work ethic. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mum just worked really, really, really hard. Um, and they instilled a really epic work ethic in me. But I always also heard, you know, we can't do that because of money. You know, we went through stages as a teenager. If mum would go away, dad didn't like, I don't know, there'd be no food in the cupboards and, and money was bad and people who liked money, you know, money's the root of all evil. And I remember saying to my mom as a teenager, mom, like, why do you make everything about money? Like everything for you is about money and, and not in a good way, like not in a good way. So I always like, I was like, I never want money to be a limitation on how I'm living. And, you know, through those you know, darker times in my life. It, it was like, I couldn't do the stuff. I, I mean, I always made it happen. I've always found a way to travel. I always found a way to party, but it was like, it, it still just wasn't who I was here to be. And when I started looking at where my money beliefs had come from and all of these beliefs of money is the root of all evil and money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, um, it's not good to talk about money. Money is greedy, like all of these beliefs. And I started to unwind all of these and realize that money is neutral. And not only that, it's an incredibly beautiful resource. And I was, I, and I was like, well, I, I, I want to become, a millionaire want to become really wealthy like really wealthy and i heard something that i think it was actually regan that shared it in a you know and i'm sure like you you speak about this as well so beautifully it's like you never meet you never meet wealthy people who don't like money and i'm like wait you know there's ne i've never met a wealthy person i've never heard of a wealthy person or someone that's created a lot of money and they're like, nah, money's okay. Like every single person that's created any sort of wealth is like, money is amazing. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to be wealthy, then I have to learn to love money. So I started looking at and diving just really deep into the energetics of this, my relationship with this and, and how I could really be someone who loved money. And what came with that was, you know, when I started my business, this was less than five years ago, Kristen, this is crazy. I couldn't even open my bank accounts because I would get into such a state of anxiety and was like PTSD that I, I wouldn't even want to know what was going on. So the first thing I did was I started to once a week have dates with money. I made it fun. I love that dancing with money. It's a part dance party. I love that. So I'd have dates with money once a week and I hired an accountant very early in my business and I got him to teach me a lot of stuff. I'm like, in order for me to take the business where I want to take it, I know that as a CEO, I'm going to have to learn this stuff. So are you willing to teach me and just bear with me? And so he taught me and I, I would take the time to learn. I would do the work that he asked. I figured out, you know, whatever, whatever needed doing. I hated it to start with. I hated it. I would avoid it. But I knew that in order to become who I wanted to become, I would have to change my relationship with it. And when I started seeing like the stats and the, the growth and the like seeing how it all worked together and the accounts and the different ways that money would come in and how I was like, how it was literally so, um, I always say like your relationship with, with money is a relation is a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. And so what I was noticing is like, oh my God, I can see where I'm spending money and I'm seeing my relationship with myself changing and I'm seeing how I'm spending and using money changing. This is really cool. So it started to become like a really fun personal development exercise. 
And then from there, it's just evolved. Like I, I'm now like in, in my spreadsheets daily, seeing what's going on in the business, like looking at cash flow, looking at profits, looking at, you know, different projects that we've got on. Like, you know, like it's, it's fun. And I can't even believe I'm saying that, but it's just like, it's one of my favorite things. Crazy. So good. I think a lot of people feel like if they're not, if they don't start out great with numbers, great with money, that it's just not their thing. And I, you know, for you to describe your experience of you just learned, you just decided that it was important to you and started giving it attention and you learned and, you know, where you began. And I, you know, I love talking about the, you know, everyone's upbringing and where our patterns come from and some of the beliefs we pick up from childhood. And we all have money beliefs we pick up from our parents, right? Some of those are helpful. Some of those are less helpful. And I, I just want, I hope people recognize and realize what you've just described there that it's possible to shift all these things, right? Whatever beliefs you started with or that you hold now, it's totally possible to shift this. And where you were describing how, wealthy people like money. One of the biggest things I find for women can often be, we have this underlying belief socialized from society or other places that if we are wealthy, it means other people have less. And I hope that everyone listening to this story can see so clearly and so potently that the world is better off. More people are impacted and benefited by you being wealthy than they were by you being on the floor with less than $20 to, you know, to your name. And this is such a beautiful example of like your wealth, Libby, is good for the world. And as is all of ours, right? More impact, more, you know, hiring team members. Even if you don't have a team, though, like the things that everyone can do with money are powerful, powerful, positive things. Yeah. You know, it's like the, how we use money. Like I'm so big on how we are in the web of life, like at a vibrational level, the things that we do. And by having money, it allows us to buy quality. It allows us to invest in things that are good for the planet. It allows us to, you know, invest in things that we believe in to give to causes that are doing amazing things to donate to the charities that we want to. Like it just, there is money as itself is a, I believe it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful that there's more women like you, Kristen, you're just so amazing at bringing this energy and this feminine essence and this, you know, beautiful way of teaching money that anyone that's working with you, anyone listening, anyone that's working with you is just in such amazing hands and in such like you walk your talk and it is just, yeah, I'm so grateful that we're alive and on this planet together right now. Thank awesome. you, Libby. It's so beautiful to have you here. I would love for you to share about ways that people can work with you. Where can they find you? Tell us all the good things. I know you're launching. Are we allowed to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be live. <laughs> no, it'll be live after we after we launch. But um, on Instagram, the Libby Robertson, and then you'll find my businesses from there and website libby robertson by the time that you're listening to this we may have launched our new brand so again if you go to the libby robertson you'll find all the other ways to contact me from there and all of the links will be in the show notes also so you guys can find libby really really easily is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up No matter what's happening in the world, we are always the creators of our own reality. 
like it was 2020 when I made that big investment and I saw the, what the world was doing and everyone talking about all the stuff going on in the economy. And we, I decided that we would start having more success than ever. And, you know, if, if you do the work and if you truly believe that you are the creator of your own reality, no matter what's going on in the external environments, you have the power to make that your reality. Thank you so much for saying that. I could not agree more. And so important for us to remember during these times. So thank you so much, Libby, for everyone listening at home. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you here next week. And remember, you were born for wealth. It's a gift to vibe with you here every week. If you're digging the content, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. Not just for me, but it's how women just like you find the pod. It truly is how we can all make an impact. More women being ridiculously fucking wealthy and building a life of their wildest dreams. 